the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Here we go. It is uh, Friday, March 1st, 2024. I'm Dave Congleton. And look who's here. The one, the only. He's so important, he's got three names. <laughs> the question is, is he going to leave here with a piece of Lynn's Alala Berry Cream Cake? I, that I, is to be determined. <laughs> Michael, how are you? I'm doing good. I sure hope I get to leave with some cake today. I'll be up to Craig. We'll see. <laughs> we will judge. Okay. I uh, appreciate you coming in. Tuesday is the primary election. Mm-hmm. There are some things that we want to talk about. You've been following these things very carefully, which is why we reached out to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to start with reminding people there is one proposition on the ballot, and that is Proposition 1. Mm-hmm. What what would you say to our folks about it? What does Proposition 1 call for? Uh, Proposition 1 is starting to deal with the critical needs and resources that are needed for mental health and addiction services, as well as helping out with uh, potentially more building of more facilities that can help out, in particular, the homeless you know, that we're dealing with here in California. Sounds noble. Why did I vote against it? <laughs> because you are not a noble person. Can you believe yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> It's a flawed piece of legislation. I think a lot of people are seeing that. When I first heard of Prop 1, it piqued my interest. I thought, okay, well, this is pretty interesting. It's doing a lot of things that a lot of us have been talking about that could be addressed. But, you know, when you look further at it, you start realizing that, you know, for example, the bond portion of the measure was, you know, proverbially rushed through the legislature. <coughs> excuse me was rushed through the state legislature with some very last-minute amendments, and it opened the door to funding um, the involuntary treatment in locked involuntary treatment in locked facilities. In other words, it's going back to that era of, wait a minute, are we going to take people and we're just going to put them in places? So if Proposition 1 passes, what does it do? Well, it's going to build more facilities for people that are in mental health. But the one thing that it's going to do is it's going to more so fund the old idea of institutionalism as against what we are now doing today, which is more community-based care for people that are dealing with mental disorders. Going back to the idea of institutionalism is, in essence, giving the ability to take people off the street and to put them in a facility um, without their own potentially agreement to it. And there's a lot of concerns over this. And you can correct my California history, but my sense is that this is the way we used to do it, but I believe it was under Governor Reagan that they kind of phased that out and just put people out into society and let them go on their own with social services. Yeah, and that's and that's where all of this gets so difficult because every individual, and let me just get right to the homeless issue on its surface, Everybody who's homeless out there, everybody has their own unique story and their own unique issue that they're dealing with. If you have 100 people that are homeless, every one of them has a unique story and a unique need. And every time we come up with a one-size-fit-all solution for any of this, yeah, sure, it may address 20% of them, even 50% of them. But there's another 50% that it won't address, could even potentially make the problem worse for that other 50%. And then you get into those discussions like people like me and you have been having over time, which is, are we, you know, without 
any want to, are we encouraging people to, in essence, just check out of society and say, you know what, with this program over here, I'm just going to check out? I voted no, not because of um, any deep concerns I have, but I tend to put the burden of proof on people who are trying to get a proposition passed. And if you get on the ballot, the burden of proof is on you to convince me of the need for this proposition. Yeah. I just don't, I don't believe in government by proposition. I'm just, I'm just not a big fan of it. So Prop 1, I couldn't tell you much about it. I haven't seen anything about it. Read a little bit about it, but not much. And so it's like, I'm not quite sure what this is all about. So I just voted no. Well, the interesting one, yeah, and there's a lot of voters who vote like that. And I've done that before. Where I'll look at something and I'll think, wait a minute, I don't even understand this. This doesn't make any sense. I'm not voting for it. Just leave it alone. You guys have a major case with this. What was interesting is when I did look into this particular proposition a couple of weeks ago, um, the first thing that caught me is when the League of uh, California Women Voters, that they were against it, which, you know, I put a little bit of credibility to this group. Some people do, some people don't, but I happen to do that, and I do listen to them. Um, And they were against it right off. And a couple of the items that they pointed out is that they're showing how that this particular proposition will require more monies to be spent for finding employment and educational opportunities, which is fine, but it's doing it at the expense of reducing funds available for other mental health services that counties currently offer. So in other words, in a lot of respects, we're finding that this will take away local control. There's enough problems in this proposition that I don't think this is a good idea to pass this. If they want to pass something like this, they need to go back to the drawing board and do it correctly. And who's who's backing? Is this coming from Newsom? This one, I'm not really sure. Okay, I, could, I couldn't really figure this one out. Um, my point would be that the Democrats control Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So why is this a proposition and not a piece of legislation that can be debated and processed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I, yeah, I, I if really you want to overhaul the mental health system, let's have that discussion, but let us be, let it be through legislation. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what a lot of people have been saying about this. And so not only do you have a group of people who have not made their case to uh, the voters of California, but... You know, they're taking something that should be in the hands of the legislature up in Sacramento and make them responsible for it and have that open discussion. Any idea of cost? Is this any cost to me? No, I I don't know. Hmm. I'll check that out. Michael Aaron Woody on this broadcast, getting you ready for Tuesday. Starting off by talking about Proposition 1. So we're in agreement. We're both voting against Prop 1? Yeah. Already voted against it. And that's the only proposition on the ballot? That is, in fact. We will be back, and we'll talk more about what's happening on Tuesday. This is AM 920, FM 96.5 News Talk, KVEC. KVEC. So I'm looking at the official uh, ballot analysis here, and this is coming from, this is called the uh, Governor Newsom's Ballot Measure Committee. So... Newsom has to be behind this. A yes vote on the measure means counties would need to change some of the mental health care and drug or alcohol treatment services provided currently to focus more on housing and personalized support services. The state could borrow up to $6.4 billion. (laughs) Yeah, why not? To build uh, more places where people could get mental health care and drug or alcohol treatment and two more housing for people with mental health, drug, or alcohol challenges. If you vote no... What you're saying is you're okay with the present system. 
and you want to keep a local control, you want counties to decide how money should be spent on mental health care and drug or alcohol treatment services as opposed to Sacramento. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Hmm. But Craig is already pointing out something, Craig. Yeah, and it'll get voted in, and then Newsom will divert the funds to a union boondoggle project. Do you think it'll pass? No, I'm just saying if it does, that's what's going to happen. I mean, do we see anything else happening? I remember the... Uh, the what was it the road uh, repair and accountability oh, act oh yeah 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 that yeah. as soon as it passed they went into not repairing roads and not being accountable right because you end up just transferring funds from a to b even though everybody promises you like everything oh it goes into this pot of money we can only use it for this yeah it went into trains and bus stops right. even though well, that's those aren't roads and though that's not accountability on the Stolberg text line, I would rather vote on an issue than have Sacramento legislate a proposition. I also feel that if you do not put in an effort to know what you're voting for, you shouldn't be voting. Yeah, and a lot of people have tuned out so much because they're so frustrated. Yeah, but the burden isn't on me. The burden is on the candidate or the proposition to make their case. And if the Prop 1 people want my vote, they have the burden of proof. Otherwise, the presumption remains that you keep the present system the way it is. That is a common misunderstanding that so many people have when it comes to running for office and being involved in politics. They forget that you need to make your case to the voters. And if you don't make it, guess what? They're not going to vote for you. I'm not going to vote for change if you haven't convinced me as to why we need change. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the other interesting thing on the ballot on Tuesday is this Senate race. We've got three <laughs> yeah. Democrats. Well, we got uh, one progressive, Barbara Lee. Yep. Uh, then we got Katie Porter and Adam Schiff. Mm-hmm. And then we have one Republican, Steve Garvey. Yep. What do you think? Call it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Adam Schiff is your next uh, senator from uh, California. Well, but this is just the primary. You call the runoff. It's going to be Adam Schiff versus who? Oh, yeah. Adam Schiff versus Steve Garvey. All right. Yeah, we already know that from polling and whatnot. Yes, I'm sorry. So you're that as a bona fide conservative, you're confident that Garvey is going to make the runoff? Yes, exactly. I've seen the polling the last week. Right now, Adam Schiff has dumped a crud load of money into this campaign in order to make sure that he's in a runoff with Steve Garvey. Now, this is really interesting, but not unusual in politics. Adam Schiff knows, he's bright enough to know, that if he gets into a runoff with another Democrat, that it's going to be a hard-fought race. But if he gets into a runoff with a Republican, it's his to lose at this point. So he made sure that him and his team ran a whole bunch of ads to make sure that everybody knew in California that Steve Garvey was running align Steve Garvey with Donald Trump, which to a segment of voters is a good thing enough so that way Steve Garvey is now polling dead even with Adam Schiff in terms of uh, votes with the other two candidates, uh, Katie Porter and Barbara Lee, with easily 10 points behind right now. So there's no question in my mind that this is going to be Adam Schiff versus Steve Garvey, and when we get to November, Adam Schiff will handily win this. Handily? Handily. But wait a minute. You're the conservative here. You're supposed to be coming in saying, Dave, we're no, back. No, I'm we're just, back. No, I'm supposed to be coming here and telling you the truth. <laughs> that's, we're that, back. That's what makes me a conservative. Steve, Steve Garvey's back. back the Republicans what? are back. Well, he, he's been out of the public. <laughs> Steve Garvey's been out of the public eye for a while. I don't care. The, 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 look. Okay, this, this really comes down to an issue of something that's always frustrated me is that. There are people out there who think in order to be a Republican or, or part of the Democratic Party or whatever, that you have to go out there and constantly say, we're going to always win or we're going to always lose. No, I live in a world of saying, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. 
And it's rare that I'm wrong, not because I'm a bright guy. It's because you just look at numbers and statistics. In this state, as of October 2023, there are 10.3 million registered voters registered with the Democratic Party and 5.2 million registered as Republicans with the Republican Party. Do the math. We're going to get to November and Adam Schiff will win. That's it. Period. Trump won't have coattails to help Garvey? In California, no. If we were in Nashville, Tennessee, that could be, but not out here in not out here in California. Well, I'm not a fan of Steve Garvey in, in that I, I wouldn't vote for the guy, but I am glad that he is running, and I am glad that it appears that he's going to be in the runoff because I don't like it when there's a runoff with two candidates from the same party. Oh, I agree. Right? I don't want a Republican running against a Republican. I don't want a Democrat running against a Democrat, and I'm. I curse Abel Maldonado every election because this is all on him. Absolutely. All right. He yeah. came up with this crazy system. Have the have the Democrats nominate their candidate, have the Republicans nominate their candidate, and then let's duke it out. Yeah, and sit there and get the ideologies and, you know, why should we go in this direction? Why should we go in this direction? It's just from a statistical standpoint, and when you look at the fundraising abilities of Steve Garvey, which has been pretty lackluster at this point, and you look at basic California statistics— there is just no chance that Steve Garvey will statistically win. Now, if you want to get into a discussion of my own political view of the world and who do I agree with more and my thoughts about Adam Schiff and whatnot, okay, we can have that discussion. That's fine. But you also have to just, you know, I'm being asked to look at the actual statistics. And basically, when you look at all this, you can clearly say that Adam Schiff will win this unless something very unforeseen happens in the next 248 days. I just find it, um, I don't but I'm just leave it blank. I just find it blank that in 2024, the two candidates for the U.S. Senate from California are going to be two white guys. Yeah. Which, I mean, because well, all the people we've had in California running different, two white guys is not what I expected. You know, that does. I you know, I didn't. I did notice that. I, I didn't yeah, want to say anything. I'm on. Thin, it, I'm on thin ice here. I no, care what I, I'm saying, but, but it is kind of well, not what right. I expected. I, mean, I expect like maybe Katie Porter versus Barbara Lee or something. Yeah, that's I mean, California. I, I I did too. But you know, when you step back and you say, okay, look, okay, let's isolate it down and say, okay, who do Republicans typically like to go for? Well, here you got Steve Garvey. Here's a guy who's very well known with uh, a baby boomer generation for his years of playing in the Los Angeles Dodgers and on and on and on. Um, he's 75 years old. And then so and the only candidate that was had any level of name ID out there for the Republican Party. OK, so they were captured by that. And they thought, OK, this is who we're going to vote for. Get name ID. But then you have on the other side, you have Adam Schiff, Katie Porter and Barbara Lee. And neither Katie Porter or Barbara Lee have been able to go out there and capture the imagination of voters. They're both, I hate to say it, but it's true. They're humdrum. Now you have Adam Schiff, who has the fundraising capabilities to make this thing happen. So everything just kind of arcs in his direction. Well, but Craig's disagreeing. Craig, you think Garvey can actually win the state? I think it come, if it comes down to just the two of them, and Garvey shifts his strategy a bit. Right now, he's in just coming in second strategy. Mm-hmm. But when it's between the two of them, all he has to do is point out 
what is happening in California to the voters and say, do you wish to continue in this direction? He can point out the, uh, you know, the deficit, California deficit, homelessness, crime, illegal immigration, fentanyl crisis, high taxes. But this is Senate, Senate, not governor. But he can point to these things and say, this is what Democrats are bringing California. Now, let's see what I can do for California. I would agree with you if that was a governor's race. I just don't see those as relevant to the Senate race. If this was a... If the statistics were a little closer between voter registration between the two parties, I would tend to agree. I think this could be a, and I use this term loosely, a close race. In other words, maybe Steve Garvey could get within 10 points on election night, 45 to 55, which in the, if you could get 45, 55, that's kind of a win. That says there's a problem out there for the Democratic Party. But getting over that top, that's going to be a tall order at this point. If I was running his campaign... One of the things that we would talk about right off the top is explaining to people that, look, like what Craig said, go right down the list. Here are all the statistics in California. Here's where everything's at. Check, 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 check. Isn't it time that we start having a little bit of balance in our representation back in Washington? We already have one person from the Democratic Party bringing somebody from the Republican Party. And then you have to get nationally, the Republican Party nationally and Donald Trump, who's going to get the nomination, to tell them, get off of Steve Garvey's back, allow him to be a little more libertarian in his campaign. Allow him to campaign a little more like what uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger did years ago. Yeah, but what's Schiff going to do, guys, when um, once it's down to two, and you already explained all the money that Schiff has, yep. he is going to dump on Steve Garvey. It's going to be one negative ad after another. Oh, absolutely. Um, the only downfall with him doing that is that you're starting to get into a cycle of people are starting saying enough is enough. I mean, it's bad. The bad thing that's going on this year for anybody who's an incumbent is you've got Donald Trump versus Joe, B- versus Joe Biden this fall. With all due respect to anybody else who thinks that Nikki Haley is going to get the nomination, she's not. Um, so you have that campaign going on this fall. And there's a lot of voters out there who are saying, you've got to be kidding. Weren't we just here? We've got two guys that are you know, combined age of 500 years old, you know, running for office. And this is, you know, one can't even, you know, have a complete sentence and the other one Whatever. But, but, but does, does um, Trump help Steve Garvey in California, the Trump name? I think what, I don't think it does. Um, I think what Trump could do if he really wanted to get Steve Garvey in there, is a stay out of his race, don't endorse him, let Steve Garvey go out there and be his own man and talk about those issues. And guess what, Mr. Trump? Let him criticize you. Let him take you on mm. and stop being so thin-skinned over these things. What about that, Craig? Well, I pretty much agree because Trump, you're going to get, Garvey's going to get the Trump voters. He doesn't need to worry right. about that. Yeah. He just needs to get the independents. Now, the independents might be shied away from a Trump endorsement. And so that's where he needs to go. And he needs to focus on who he is and what his strengths are. Yeah, you know, people I'm, didn't vote for Schwarzenegger because of his uh, terrific political acumen. It's because he was Schwarzenegger. And Steve Garvey needs to go out and say, And remind me I how used, that turned out. I used to hit home runs for the uh, Dodgers. Now I want to hit a home run for California. How did, how did Schwarzenegger work out? I can't well, remember. Did he win office? Did he, did he yes. Win? Was that's, he reelected? Yes. That's what matters. The wow. win matters. Well, but now here we are. Talk about how miserable things are in California. It well, just didn't happen overnight. 
well, no, it didn't happen overnight, but it's getting incredibly worse under this present administration, the present Democratic Party. It just continues to get worse. We got plenty to talk about with Michael Aaron Woody. We've got news, traffic, weather. Welcome your phone calls, read your text messages. How's that sound? Stay with us. Glad to have you with us on the Friday edition of Hometown Radio. Dave Congleton in conversation with Michael Aaron Woody. He has explained to us Proposition 1 that is on the Tuesday ballot, and he and I both agree that we have uh, voted against it. He is uh, predicting that Steve Garvey and Adam Schiff will be the two candidates to square off in the fall in the U.S. Senate race. What about um, Funk Moreno? Heather Moreno will win, I say, by 10 points. Um, I've never met Susan Funk. Um, I have met Heather Moreno. Um, I, I think she's great. She's always been really kind to me, and um, I, I think she's got it in the bag. Let's uh, take a call. We've got Jack in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Jack. Hello, Dave. Hey, Jack. Um, uh, yeah, that proposition is just... Uh, it, it's amazing to me that we could have... 25 pages of explanation and I still didn't understand what I was reading, right? I, I don't I don't know, I, and I'm not like you know, I got a degree from North Dakota State University, so I'm not like you know, the top of the crop but it seems to me that there should be a way to simplify that language. This is what it does this is what it costs these are the pros, these are the cons but they can't do that maybe they don't want to do maybe they don't want to do that maybe they want to well, no, you're, confuse you're right. you you're right is that plausible and to you michael second issue Hang a second, Jack. Is that plausible, Michael? Oh, yeah. They, they do it all the time. And, and I think you bring up a really good point. Is that Look, if you're going to propose a proposition before people, it's got to be straightforward and simple. It's like um, my favorite one would be term limits. Listen, here are the term limits. They work like this. A, B, and C. Do you want it or do you not? That's it. Yeah. Jack, what else? Yeah, so... I suppose we'd have to have a proposition to simplify the language of the propositions, <laughs> right? I, and you know, there you go. And 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 governing by proposition in California, people can argue that it's good. Maybe you know, you can probably point to Proposition Thirteen, which has been overblown in its importance in keeping old people in their houses in California. But it was, you know, a, an initiative that was well done by by the people but governing by proposition that's really not our job we should be they should be governing in in sacramento and second of all with this upcoming senatorial race you know you've got uh, i guess a famous baseball player against a man that's nothing more than a common criminal and the common criminal is going to win Wait, wait. Who's, who's a common criminal? Adam Schiff. How's he? Adam Schiff. How's he a criminal? Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff. And here's the thing. I used to think that we needed to talk in more, I don't know, genteel terms and try and get along and hug each other. <laughs> now I look at that and I say to the people of the state of California, you vote for Adam Schiff, you are as stupid as I think you are. Why is he a, wait, why is he a criminal? Oh, I don't know. I guess if you're getting your news from MSLSD, there was Russian collusion. I'm asking. Uh, where, where, he got censured. Where, Did he not get censured by the House of Representatives? It doesn't make him a criminal. Oh yeah, no. That 
that guy is a bad actor. And But the people that vote for him, I mean, you can't fix stupid. There's no cure for that. Well, I, I got I to gotta tell you something funny about this. Do you know there are actually Republicans in certain Republican circles back in Washington, believe it or not, that want Adam Schiff to win in California because he's Money. such a polarizing figure that they look at it and they say, They can well, raise money off. There you go. Bingo. Unlike, yeah. Donald, unlike Donald Trump. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, you know, here's the thing. It's a senatorial race. Um, I don't think Trump brings brings uh, anything to the party for Garvey. I think your assessment of that is right. But shame on the people of the state of California. We can say nationally we got Trump versus Biden, and that's really too bad. But in the state of California, we have we have Adam Schiff versus Steve Garvey. Shame on the people of the state of California. Yeah, so, that doesn't make any sense. So, Jack, would you vote, are you going to vote for Garvey? Um, I I will tell you that I'm not going to vote for Adam Schiff. All right, fair enough. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good weekend. That was good. I can wait until November. Normally you say, I can't wait. I can't can wait. Can you wait? I can't wait. 248 days. Uh, we just count them off every day. Hurry. 805-543-8830. 800-549-5832. If you want in on this conversation, Michael Aaron Woody. So we're not going to read too much into Steve Garvey. Even if he makes the runoff, this isn't the comeback of the GOP in California? No, no, not by any stretch of imagination. This is nothing more besides statistics and money that put this runoff together. The LA Times, this is interesting. Last week, the LA Times ran a poll that the Democratic Party ran and Adam Schiff ran many, many, many months ago, which was they ran a poll and said, okay, how will people vote or what will be the polling be if you have Adam Schiff against Steve Garvey? And they've already shown that the uh, Adam Schiff would have 53% of the vote. Steve Garvey would have like 39% of the vote with 9% undecided. So the moment that we get into a runoff with those two people, Adam Schiff is already over 50%. If Adam Schiff would would get into a runoff with the other Democrat, then they start the race dead even. So that's why Adam Schiff and the party always knew that the way to easily win this race for U.S. Senate was to make sure that Steve Garvey got into the runoff. On the Stolberg text line, listener wants to know if you think Mm -hmm. Trump can win in November. Uh, He will win in November unless something odd happens. He's going to win. Explain. Uh, Well. Make the case. Okay. All you have to do. I mean, they lost in 2018, 2020, 2022. What changes this time? Because, first of all, you have Joe Biden's health on the ballot this time at a level that it wasn't on in 2020. Uh, the whole COVID lockdown thing is far back and behind all of us right now. The other one, too, is that for Donald Trump, all he has to do is he has to get out there and say, okay, look, here's where inflation was at. Here's where gas prices were at. Here's what was going on when I was in office. And here's what's going on statistically, what Joe Biden has accomplished or not accomplished when he's in office. Once you run that race and you realize that you have a Democrat party, and I said this back in 2020, the number one problem that Joe Biden has right now and the Democratic Party is doing is they're running a race by saying, vote for Joe Biden because he's not Donald Trump. And right now they're still trying to run that same race. The Republican Party is very Republican based, excuse me, is very fired up about Donald Trump. There is nobody in the Democratic Party that is fired up about Joe Biden right now. I am, although I'm not a Democrat. <laughs> you don't look fired up about I'm that. I'm fired up Are about you fired up about that? Yeah. I think he's done. The, I think he's done a good job, not a great job. He's not FDR, but I think he's done a good job. And, he, and yes, I, he's not Donald Trump. 
So I will gladly vote for him. I can't wait to vote for him. I, I don't think for a second that you can win a race that way. I really don't. Why not? It, wait a minute. It worked in 2020. Yes, that but, was during COVID shutdown and during, yeah, but, during, but, and during but, a time But, but that, Biden won in 2020 because he wasn't Donald Trump. But he was also riding a little bit of Barack Obama's coattails. Now, before everybody starts yelling and saying, oh, my gosh, Barack Obama, blah, blah, blah. Remember, I'm just talking about. Didn't help Hillary Clinton in 2016. Hillary Clinton wasn't running on Barack Obama's. Um, Hillary Clinton was just a failed candidate and wasn't running on Barack Obama's coattails. Hillary Clinton was just a failed candidacy. I mean, she she spent the entire campaign saying, I'm going to win. And they were measuring for curtains in the Oval Office yeah. three months out. Yeah. I mean, that was just that. that Although was she ridiculous. did win the popular vote. Yes, she did. Yeah. But so she did win. She just didn't win the electoral votes. Exactly. All right. So anyway, to wrap that up, yeah. you, you, you believe without hesitation, Trump's going to win. Something would have to happen very politically bad to Donald Trump between in the next 248 days for him not to win. Do you expect there to be a presidential debate between Biden and Trump? Yes, I do. There's going to have to be. Let me tell you something. If there's not, if for some reason Joe Biden is able to try to wiggle his way out of this debate, um, that will seal his fate forever. Why? In 1968, no debate. 1964, no debate. 1972, no debate. Yeah, it was 40 years ago. It doesn't matter. Three, there were three presidential elections in a row when um, there were no presidential debates. Yes, but people expect them today more so than they did in the past. If you were Biden, would you go on stage against Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> If I was Joe Biden, I wouldn't even know if I was and, aware that there was and, a debate going on. Well, we can, we can get, know, in, we, we can get into cognitive issues on yeah. both. They're, they both got it. Uh, let's see. On the Stolberg text line, I'll be voting for Joe Biden and Adam Schiff, and I'm proud of it. There you go. Eat those words. No cake for you. <laughs> Wait a minute. No cake for this guy. Just, I'll have you know, whoever texted that, you just lost my cake. You just ruined my cake day. <laughs> Uh, all there, right. Yeah, and there are, sure, and, and absolutely, there are people that are fired up about this election on the Democratic Party. Absolutely. Give credit where credit is due. But There's so much at stake. Yes, I, I am passionate about vo- voting for Joe Biden because I realize what is at stake in my perception. When you talk to the voters out there and you deal with that middle 25% or so that actually decide the elections, um, those are the people that are saying, look, you know what? I don't like Donald Trump, his, his act actions and everything else like that, but they think statistically he was a better president. That's how it's polling right now. I want to see that. I want to see that poll. Sure. All right. We got uh, Peggy with us on KVEC. Hey, Peggy. Hey, again. Hey. Um, you know, this is the, the one of the, this election, this primary is one of the rare times I vote for a Democrat. Um, I voted for Katie Porter in the senatorial election. I debated between Barbara Lee and Katie Porter, but Katie Porter, you know, did not, did not take corporate donations. I mean, she doesn't probably pack corporate uh, pack money, so that's a big plus. She's she's quite progressive. So when you said that Barbara Lee was the only progressive, no, Katie Porter is quite progressive, and I was looking forward to a Katie Porter Adam Schiff um, runoff in November. But sounds like Adam Schiff did a real sleazy thing and it's getting Gar- Garvey's votes up. Would you vote, would you vote for Adam Schiff over Steve Garvey? I won't, oh, I'll leave it blank like I, I do oh. often. Interesting. Um, you could write in my name. What? You could write in my name. Yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't. Writing in someone who is not a, 
uh, certified write-in candidate does nothing. If I make, it's, it's like I could write Mickey Mouse, whatever. It doesn't matter. It has to be a certified candidate to make a write-in have any validity. So I leave that blank. It shows that I vote for president, um, but I don't won't support the crap senator campaigns they give us, unless for some reason Katie Porter comes out flying. And um, the other thing is for the, our congressional district, where Salud Carbajal is our representative, there's a very progressive candidate running, um, Helena, and um, I'm, I'm very excited to vote for her, even though she's a Democrat. So, you know, there's sometimes I do hold, I'm not even holding my nose voting for Elena or Katie Porter. And, so. uh, and I'm going to assume that you're voting for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. No, she's a green. She's going to vote for Jill Stein. Oh. oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, that's you don't have to apologize. That's okay. <laughs> no, oh. I would never vote for Joe Biden. No, no, thank you. Uh, okay. Uh, it's I, like, like climate disaster is the number one problem, I think, in the world. And, and, and if Trump he, wins, I'm going to call you on January 21st. <laughs> We're all going to call you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call you. Thanks for that Jill Stein vote. Yeah. So um, the other thing is, um, fortunately, and um, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, is there's a great ca- Green Party candidate running in the congressional district that's in the North County in Cambria. And I just saw big, after the show, people could go up to New Times and read a big article about him. Uh, Sean, so um, I look forward to that. I just want to say that you, I rarely vote Democrat, and I am for, since there's two progressives running, one for Senate and one for Congress. Um, okay. Local. I, I'm I'm curious, and I'm sorry to interrupt you on this. You rarely vote Democrat. Obviously, you don't vote she, Republican. She's a Green Party. Okay. Um, what do you find so offensive about the Democratic Party? Um, we don't have that they, kind they of they time. Take oh, okay. Corporate money. They're in bed with a corporation. Got it. Same okay. as Republicans. Got you know, it. so a lot of fossil fuel money. A lot of oh, yeah, Jimmy Panetta in the North um, Congressional District. Sure. He's taking so much money from APAC. I mean, he's just like so into giving more and more money to Israel and continuing genocide. Got it. Okay. Okay. Well, there's there lots go. of reasons I won't vote Democrat because they just, they're, they're not, um, they're, they're not honest, most of them. I mean, Republicans also are other not that, honest. Other than that, he's a great guy. All right, Peggy, have a good weekend. On the Stolberg line, whether you like it or not, the horror of a Trump victory bleeds through the entire political world federal, state, and local. I predict Republicans will get a shellacking of epic proportion in the primary and general elections in November. Reaction, please. Uh, well, I mean, in California, statistically, yeah, I mean, you know, Democrats will always do well in the primaries overall, but when it comes to the statistics going into uh, this fall, I would say that Donald Trump is on his way to a victory on this. Um, and it's like I said, I mean, hey, look, people call me we're seven, we're seven months out. 248 days. So everything's going to change. The polls today, I'm not that concerned about. You give me these polls in October, I'll be concerned. But even then, polling has become so uh, unpredictable because of people on cell phones and whatever. Joe Biden does not have the excitement to move the Democratic Party and the Democrat votes that typically vote emotionally in that direction. And they're showing this very early on. They will once they realize what's at stake, but that's just my prediction. Okay, now, see, you bring up a good point here, is that you're bringing up what a lot of people have said when they realize what's at stake. But what we're not hearing is that why we should vote for Donald Trump. Excuse me, (laughs) my mistake. Why we should vote for Joe Biden. And what I'm not hearing from people is, tell me the case for Joe Biden. And I'm talking about just voters on the street. Tell me the case for Joe Biden 
without saying the name Donald Trump. Uh, one, we rebuilt military alliances. Two, he avoided a recession. Three, infrastructure spending. Four, the CHIPS Act. Five, price controls on drug prescriptions. Those are five off the top of my head. Okay, but if you take that and say, now look at your normal voters out there, and they're sitting there saying, look at the cost of gas prices and inflation, those two items alone. And we're talking about the voters that are out there at Costco right now, at Target, getting their kids off to school and whatnot. That's what they're seeing right now. Inflation's coming down. Oh, that's that's like saying, hey, listen, I, I inflation's my, my, coming. Down. That's like saying my car's on fire, and guess what? We've kind of put out a little bit of fire on the front fender. It's better than it was in 2020. Yeah, your car's in the ditch on fire, and you're, and you're sitting there with a squirt gun trying to put it out. Well, let's go to Tom and Los Osos. Tom, help us. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, not too much. Just listening to you guys talking about November. Um, I mean, I'm a Trump voter, and uh, and everything, you know, but um, Trump's going to lose. It's just going to be a replay at the 2020. And, oh, uh, why are you so pessimistic, Tom? If he's your guy, I think you'd be more confident. Just trying to be realistic. Explain. Well, uh, in 2020, Biden won by, what, 8 million votes or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And I don't see that the people that voted for Trump last time, you know, probably vote for him again. People that voted for Biden will vote for him again, and Biden will win by another 8 million votes. It's just going to be the same thing again. Why, why would anybody change their vote? He's got a good point. Why change the vote, Michael? Well, what, what's going to happen to Biden is he's going to lose about 5% of his votes because he's not bringing in votes where he did last time. I think Joe Biden, uh, I hate doing this off the top of my head, I think Joe Biden received more votes than any other president in history and i think yes yeah and uh donald trump received number two there was a tremendous voter turnout yeah. last time once you pull down your voter turnout which is what we're starting to see right now statistically is people saying i'm turning this off right now um the biden vote starts going away quite a bit but the trump vote is much more solid right now and yeah. it's like I said, when you when you run your polling and you ask just general voters, not the hardcore people, but your general middle of the road voters, you know, what their issues are. And they start talking about the inflation issues and they start talking about the, the bread and butter issues. They really do see Donald Trump as a better candidate. Tom, what else from you? Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, and remember, this is a this is a Trump supporter. All right, Tom, thank you. I've got to get this break in. We'll come back for a final segment with Mr. Woody. We're live. We're local. We're hometown. Well, we were going to send Michael Aaron Woody home with a piece of uh, cake from Lynn's. If he got five phone calls, he's too short. Can he do it in Can four you minutes? Believe that eight zero five five four three eight eight three zero. Nicole texts in on the Stolberg line. Hey, Nicole! Everyone is throwing up their hands and desperate for anything. As a worker in several of Slow County mental health organizations, and mother of two first responders. I feel like we have to come up with a really smart solution. Lawsuits are coming against uh, law officials, forcing them off the streets. However, the community organizations need better regulation of funds. This deals with problem one. Ah. Do you want to... Nothing? You want to comment? I, 
I don't have much of a comment on that. I mean, that's right. pretty much right. I mean, so, right. so you just say, I agree with the texter. Yeah, I agree. And then we move on. Okay. Oh, that's how this works. So I, get the, I guess I get the cake. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, so what does it take for the GOP to come back in California and be uh, viable? The GOP has huge problems in California. The biggest problem that they have, and you see it at all the local parties up and down the state, because I've been to a lot of these uh, local parties before, is that you have a room full of people that clearly say over and over, um, if you don't support us 110% on every last issue all the time, every time, all the way down the road, and you question anything that we're doing in here, you are not a real Republican, get out of the room. You cannot get, listen to me, Republicans out there. You cannot win an election by telling people, whether it be me or anybody else, wow, you are awful, you're an awful human being for having that opinion of that. Get out of the room, get out of the room. And then two days before the election, um, can you vote for us now? No, you just spent the last 24 months of my life telling me what a worthless human being I am because... I don't support you guys or I disagree with you on some of these issues. I mean, you're constantly telling me I'm not a Republican and people like me. We're not Republicans because we support, I thought, issues that were already over with, same-sex marriage and whatnot. Or somebody like me comes along and says, listen, I do support a woman's right to choose. And you tell me for two years, get out of the room, get out of the room, get out of the room. Oh, by the way, we're telling voters to get out of the room and then they're not voting for us. Wow. <laughs> get a clue. <laughs> so it's not unlike the um, Republicans, uh, the Nelson Rockefeller Republicans, the East Coast branch of the Republican Party right. in the 1960s and early 1970s. Yeah. Much more moderate. Yeah. And much more competitive. Yeah, and, 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 you know, because at the end of the day, if you're going to win an election in this country, and we deal with elections that you have to get 50% of the vote, you got to bring people together. But as long as you're constantly saying you can only be part of this party if you're with us 110% all the time and never question us, people are going to leave. And guess what? They are registering in the droves in this state as no party preference. So how does Trump win if what you just said is true? Because you've got it because California doesn't count when it comes to uh, electoral college. He's there to win. There's about a dozen states that he's got to go out there and win. And that's where he's pulling really well at right now. So, you know, how California shifts at this point back and forth, a few points back and forth is irrelevant to the presidential elections. Michael Aaron Woody, always a pleasure. Thank you for coming in. I got about 30 seconds for a final thought. Yeah. Um, on a completely different issue, something that I've always been a big supporter of. If you have never done this before, make sure you go see your local dermatologist and get those little moles and everything else checked out. I know this is a little different than politics, but always get those things checked out. I always like to go. I always get my little face burnt off periodically as dave can see right now on my face and why what are you worried about skin cancer so you always go and see a dermatologist and go check for skin cancer who do you see i see dr bradley curgis in templeton all right thank you michael off we go news traffic weather eric gorham keeps the conversation going right here on kvec The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.